Hello and welcome to the Amateur Awesomeite. My name is Frances Duncan. I am an author and the founder of the Jane Austen Society of New Zealand. My very special guest today is my friend Sean. Hello, I'm Sean. I'm the very special guest. <laughs> uh, and Paula will be very disappointed to miss today. We're discussing Chapter 55 and in Chapter 55, Jane and Bingley get engaged. After all this time. After all this time, right towards the end of the book. They've got six chapters left. I don't know what happens in the next six chapters because it doesn't seem like anything else really happens. Well, Darcy's not on the scene yet, is he? No. So Darcy's gone back to London. So Mr. Bingley calls again and alone. And then he continues to come visiting and then eventually he proposes. Mrs. Bennett invites him to come tomorrow and it's tomorrow. There's a dash between the two and the morrow instead of it being one word. And I wonder if that's because it was a new word at that time. That's an interesting thought. Because a lot of the vocabulary does change over time. And they would often would have said, on the morrow. I don't recall tomorrow being used anywhere else in Jane Austen to know whether it does the same thing elsewhere or not. Of course, one of the things, it could just be one of those editorial decisions. You know, she might have actually run out of space on the line and had to do two for a hyphen so she could put Mara on the next line. And they decided she did it purposely. Exactly. Oh, I hate when they do that. I also hate when they misspell things. They they want to keep the traditional spelling, the spelling Jane Austen's done. That annoys the hell out of me. It wouldn't matter so much as if they do that consistently throughout the books, but then they'll often change it. And it's like, if I was an author and actually doing an editor or, or getting an editor to check my work, I'd like them to pick up my typos or my, my writing errors, please. That's what editors are for. So Bingley turns up, and I love this idea. He turns up before all of them are dressed, and I love this <laughs> idea of them just racing around half-dressed. <laughs> yes, one has this vision of them sort of ambling around in their 90s. Panicking. Panicking with their curling papers in their hair. Wickham and Lydia were all forgotten. Jane was beyond competition, her favourite child. At that moment, she cared for no other. Oh, that's right, because Wickham Wickham and Lydia have trotted off to Newcastle, haven't they? They have just left. After all that hullabaloo. What a contrast, though, between the suitors, Mm. between Wickham and Bingley, who's still so diffident in his style you know still testing the waters as he comes he's you know he's not straight out with please may I marry your daughter you know he has to come although Mrs Bennett wants him to do I know you know (laughs) short of locking them both in a broom cupboard she tried she tried very hard and you could imagine everyone all the rest of the family all the Elizabeth particularly would have just curled up with mortification oh, yes and your mother's machinations mm. we were laughing at those as we were reading oh i liked the kitty what are you kitty. winking for <laughs> <laughs> she's so oblivious dear kitty what is the matter mama what do you keep winking me for what am i to do of course, everybody in the room... She's always the spear, because before that, they're like, oh, hang Kitty, what is she to do with it? Oh, poor lass. I mean, we're so many children, so many daughters, and such strong personalities. She she was lost, wasn't she? She Kitty. really was. And it wasn't fair on her. No. But, you know, according to family tradition, she came into herself after her sisters were married, and she spent a lot of her time with them. Well, she could hardly get less well um, 
company, really, after mm. what she'd been exposed to. Mary just manages to make herself disappear. She goes upstairs to her instrument. So we now know that the instrument is upstairs, which I thought was interesting. I thought it would be downstairs in the parlour. I wonder if they've got two. They could do. You know, whether there was one, sort of an old one for for practising on. So, yeah, you reckon they might have had two instruments, one upstairs and one downstairs? It would seem a bit of an extravagance. It does seem extravagant. Were they in the parlour or were they in the, you know, downstairs? Was that the... Did they have a withdrawing room and the parlours upstairs? You know, you have like a public rooms downstairs. They have public rooms downstairs and then you'd have the family space Um, upstairs. But I thought you'd have the piano somewhere public so she could exhibit. You'd entertain, yes. So I don't know. That's interesting, isn't it? It's a very confusing one. Unless it's one of that terminology where they talk about people going upstairs or, and it could have just been, you know, a flight of three stairs and along the landing type of that's true it could be that because we have no idea what their house actually looks like it's a funny thing but yeah because i always assumed that it would be in the parlor so mary or whoever could play for whoever was there Mm. but it's not whatever parlor they're sitting in now it's not in that one because she's gone elsewhere because surely she'd also want to practice in front of them to show off and yet let's be honest you know, as a piano player, the last thing you want to do is be practicing your scales in front of the visitors. Mm-hmm. Unless you're Mary, of course, presumably, in which case you want to show them how fast you can do your <laughs> scales. I don't. I think there's nothing wrong with Mary wanting to show herself off, though. She's worked very hard for her. Well, again, she's been let down by, by her parents, really, hasn't she? She's this has been how she's tried to put her little niche, her little mark, on society by being what she feels is well-read and well-rounded. and mm. She and wants to be an accomplished young lady. An accomplished young lady. Uh, she's fitting into the, at the time when things were becoming very much more evangelical and, you know, good wife is above rubies type of approach. And that's what mm. she, you know, being able to quote the Bible. I often think that she, no, actually, I think she and Mr. Collins would not have made a good match. They'd be terrible. They'd play on each other's worst parts. Oh, and, and it would be them. awful. I think they'd be both end up so self-righteous. So Mrs. Bennett organises Mr. Bingley to go shooting with her husband without Mr. Bennett's involvement at all. <laughs> Par for the course, really. Well, he needs to spend time with the father, right? He does. He needs to have but, some male bonding time away yeah. from all those females. But interestingly, he doesn't go and talk to Mr. Bennett about marrying Jane until after he's asked. Jane? No, after he's asked Jane. Yeah, after he's asked Jane. He asks Jane first, and then he goes and talks to Mr. Bennett. And she goes and talks to her mother to get the permission. Mm. So, which is interesting, because, I mean, very few people do it these days, but when you do it these days, you tend to ask the parents' permission before you ask the person you're going to marry. Whereas... And this, he he's asked Jane, and then he goes and asks the parents, which I thought was interesting. We didn't ask any either of our parents. <laughs> <laughs> Again, you can't really think in terms of what, or can't really know in terms of what either Jane or Bingley were thinking. But one could assume he wanted to make sure she was willing before she before he asked. 
I think probably, yeah. You're Again, right. because of this diffidence that he has, that he, he, he wouldn't want to ask the father and the father say, oh, yes, no problem. And then she'd have difficulty to say no. Mm. So, you know, is it more of this, it gives her the opportunity to say, well, you know, I really like you, but actually, no, I don't want to marry you. You know, part of that whole, he's unsure of her affection, mm. even mm. after all this time. And I guess that's a thing that runs in books set in this period, which are written much later, mm. but that the guy will go and ask the father to marry the daughter and the father will say yes and then the girl's sort of forced into marrying someone she doesn't want to. That mm. seems to be a recurring theme mm. in a lot of these books. Mm. So it's good Bingley, I guess, asked Jane first. Yes. Um, I had to underline this that Jane has a super excellent disposition. <laughs> it sounds super like it's written excellent. Like it's written in the eighties. Doesn't it just? Super excellent. They were making Jane was making sure we really appreciated her dis- disposition as being the best. And that's Lizzie's thoughts really about how wonderful Jane is and what a great disposition she has and how happy they're gonna be because of course it's based on Jane being wonderful, so they're going to have a great time together. You know, the thing that made you laugh when the Bennets kept inviting him to, to stay all day, every day, um, unless when some barbarous neighbour who could not be <laughs> enough detested had given him an invitation to dinner, which he thought himself obliged to accept. <laughs> barbarous neighbour. I know. Like, how dare they? He's all ours now. He has to maintain or establish good relationships with the rest of his neighbours. He can't be seen to have only wanted to socialise when he was trying to find a partner or what have you. He's got to maintain that connections. Though I admitted when I first read it, I was completely uh, completely misunderstood and was like, well, why would he go and see anybody else? Because now he's got a wife. <laughs> but he's not going to see the other girls. He's going to see the families and that. Yeah, and you do still have to be neighbourly. He can't just shut himself up in his house with his new wife. Which I'm sure he will do for a while. I hope so. <laughs> yes. He'll be inundated with Bennett's constantly. Well, I think uh, I think that later on it's one of the It's one of the things points. that makes him move. Yes. Yes, it is. Elizabeth refers to Jane as a good girl. She <laughs> actually says to her, good girl. That's right. That's when she's... She's actually accepted or acknowledged that Caroline Bingley was not, did not have either her or Bingley's interests at heart. Mm-hmm. But even then, she was still, still loath to come out with a. I she's hate a nasty, that bitch. Yeah, <laughs> you know, none of. She, she was still very, very restrained in in how she expressed her. Disapprobation, I think, is the word she would probably have used. Yeah, she's still quite forgiving. She's a very forgiving person, hugely humble. Mm. But I do think she's got a strength of character that we don't always see. She's not necessarily a. I think she has a strong. She has a strong moral core. And she's obviously very responsible towards her mother and her duties as the eldest child. So she never abrogates that sense of responsibility towards 
for what she perceives as her duty. Oh, it's a fun chapter, that one. It's it's happy. It's, it's happy, but you, you just you have to love this. Um, oh gosh, Mrs. Bennet, just in her element. In her absolute element. In some respects, Jane and Bingley were quite oblivious of the whole thing once they once they've um, got to that point of actually acknowledging their relationship. It's just it's Mary, Elizabeth, and Kitty that have got to bear the. The front of Mrs. Bennet. And that is our summary of chapter 55 of Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen. My name is Frances Duncan. You can find me at francisduncanwrites.com and on Twitter at Francis underscore Duncan. Thank you for listening and we wish you happy reading. Just popping back in to let you guys know that we have merch now. I haven't actually got merch with my face on it. That seems a little weird to me, but if you really want it, let me know and I'll do that. Here's merch of... The Jane Austen Society of Aotearoa New Zealand's logo, uh, some Jane Austen merch, and some Pride and Prejudice Heavily Pride-focused merch too. It's on Redbubble, and the link is in the notes. Happy buying!